we need creativity now more than ever. It is such a crazy time. I don't need to say that. You hear it everywhere you've turned, and it's obvious we are amidst so many challenges right now. And the thing that is not lost on me that I want to try and highlight is that creativity is a way through nearly everything in the world. Any solution to any problem, it's created. And why then has creativity been given this uh, a lightweight understanding in our culture about how it's related to art? Sure, art is absolutely a huge key piece of creativity, but what that alone misses is creativity's ability to solve problems. If you look around, everything around you was created. And the cool thing that I think about when I think about that is it was created by someone a lot like you. So that is today's conversation. Today's conversation is actually an audio version of the Creative Live Book Club, where we do a six-part deep dive around my book, Creative Calling. Six parts, one for the intro, each part then of the four parts gets its own week, and then we've got a wrap-up, six weeks. And what you're hearing today, by popular request, is a replay of the first week. Now, um, <laughs> this is available on video at creativelive.com slash book club. And if you are enrolled there and the way you enroll, it's 100% free. You, you click on um, the blue button and it says RSVP, and then you'll have access to all lessons. And whenever you're joining this, if you're listening to this um, before July 11th, we still are in the middle of this thing. And if we're listening to this after July 11th, then you still right this minute can go get all six pieces. But what this is right now is week one, session one of the of, uh, audio only version of the book club. So a good question would be, what do we cover in this episode? And the answer to that is we deconstruct these preconceived ideas of what creativity is and how we can put it to work. We analyze how you're currently operating. Some of the challenges that I had, some of the challenges of the, the, the folks that I interviewed or discussed for the book, and some of the most popular challenges that I've heard come up over and over and over in our community how to identify those challenges, and then bring creativity to that challenge. Now, it's really important to know that you do not need to have read the book. You don't need to have a copy of it. You don't even need to have watched this, or you don't have to ever sign up. Again, this is a response. Me making an audio-only version of this is a response that I listened and heard you all in the community said, well, I would say about 20 of you said, it would be really awesome if you put this on the podcast. And so that is what I'm doing. And I also believe that the audio, again, there's nothing, you don't need to do any reading. You just need to absorb this information. So I'm going to get out of the way, but before I do, and before a quick word from our sponsor, I want to let you know that I do believe this is packed with very, very actionable insight. And at some point in here, I reveal my phone number. And so if you've ever wanted a one-on-one -on -one connection uh, with me, of course, there's a lot of people in my text app here, but I would love to be able to text with you. I'm um, releasing this number slowly so that uh, I can try and manage. But if you've at all wanted to get some personal advice at some at some time and 
um, having listened to the podcast or been a part of my community, then this would be an extra good one to listen to because I do share my phone number and I will text you back. All right. Now, uh, before we get into the show, just a quick word from Creative Live, and then we'll dive into the book club. Hey, oh, hey, uh, new sponsor alert. So this episode of Chase Jarvis Live is brought to you by Creative Live. And you all know, yeah, of course, I am the founder of that company. But I got to just be straight up. This is unequivocally, no questions asked, the best place in the world for creator and entrepreneurial education. I mean, frankly, nothing even comes close. And it's the only one that's focused specifically on photography, design, video, art, music, craft, and maker and the ability to make a living and a life in all those disciplines. It's where the best teachers in the world, where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best go to teach. So, of course, I'm biased, but I I just encourage you to check it out because nothing else comes close. And you will be on your way to join millions of other folks in our creative community there learning from the world's top experts. Okay, that's it. That's my soapbox. That is the commercial, and we'll hope to see you over Creative Life. Now, let's get back to the show. I wanted to start off our conversation today. Again, um, this is a really important moment because we need creativity now more than ever. That's the reason for us kicking off this book club. Um, I found myself drifting in and out of my creative practice over the past, uh, I would say, 12 weeks. And so many of us in the community, I was getting a lot of messages from you all. And it just occurred to us that this was a really important time for creativity, whether you're looking to escape, (laughs) whether you're looking to lay some plans, whether you want to create a project or plans for the rest of your life. If you recognized um, from this moment that we are all in together that this is a huge opportunity And I want to reinvent or create a new living or life for myself in the next chapter. Now is the time. So uh, that was the impetus behind the class. And I wanted to start off today's um, broadcast with a story. And um, I've told this in many different ways and shapes and different pieces. But I want to line it up together for you to understand this moment that we're in and why creativity is so powerful. Also, maybe why you're stuck, why you feel incomplete and why you showed up today, which I have to give you a lot of credit for. Um, it goes back to the summer between first and second grade. I was seven or either seven or eight, depending on my birthdays in July. So I don't remember if it was before or after July, but I was either seven or eight. And, um, my friends and I had decided to make a film and we washed cars uh, in our neighborhood in order to finance the film. We raised some money over the course of a few weeks and we hired my my buddy's brother. We hired him for $1 to film the project and um, we bought film, Super 8 film uh, with some of the money. Uh, my friend Quinn, his father had a Super 8 camera and over the course of just maybe a, a week or 10 days, We wrote out a script, we rehearsed, and we recorded all in camera my first film. It was called The Sons of Zorro. Um, We had just seen a movie called The Son of Zorro, which uh, no relation, of course, very, very different film. It was a direct ripoff. And we pasted flyers all over the neighborhood um, in order to get people to show up. 
Um, we went to the store. I remember like literally picking out what candy bars, uh, that we would sell. And we, we bought the candy bars for, I think 25 cents and sold them for 50 cents over the course of the next, I don't know, week of promotion. We screened the film and we made a profit. And I was, I remember in that moment thinking maybe I could just do this over and over. Now, for those of you listening, this is, um, something from my past. And obviously I, I bet you did things like this in your past and you're saying, wait a minute, that was however many years ago, the same words that we said to ourselves, those were creative and inspirational embedded moments that we, whether we know it or not, we've carried forward. As an example, that little moment in that summer between first and second grade, it carried into my second grade year. I remember I opened up the second grade, uh, the first week of school, I did a magic show. I had card tricks. Um, I had all kinds of, I, I saw myself as a really creative person. And then at the beginning of, right before the holiday break, there's a student, there's a, a parent teacher check-in and it was attached to the ice cream social. So all the kids are in the gym having ice cream and there's parents meeting with different teachers. I stumbled into this second grade classroom, Miss Kelly, and I overheard her tell my parents that I was so much better at sports than at art. And now coming off my profitable film in second or in the summertime, and all of you know my magic shows and my stand-up comedy act that I'd been developing. Again, this, these are all things that we do as second graders. And then I heard an adult that I respected and admired and appreciated tell my parents that I wasn't that good at art. And most people would be crushed, I think, or, or now rather looking back, we would say, oh, that poor little second grader was crushed. But that's not true. I just said, oh, I'm not good at art. Okay, great. I'm going to do the thing that culture thinks is good for me or that I'm good at and not what interests me or where I have areas of passion. And it just turns out that that seed, it sent me on a nearly 20 year, let's call it 15 year, 12 year journey away from the things that I was very passionate about. And I, I, I did pursue sports. So my, my second grade teacher wasn't wrong. I was a good athlete, but at what cost? And so wherever you are right now, this is where you're at. And I don't want you to beat yourself up. I want you to recognize that you've, whether you're stuck in the small S stuck or stuck in the capital S stuck, um, or maybe you're not stuck. You're just here for inspiration. My hope over the course of the next six weeks. And as we walk through creative calling is to help you understand that a, it's okay to be in the position you're in right now. B it's exactly what you need. In fact, and see that we can together through this program get you unstuck, reverse some of these messages and the natural state that you've, um, I guess, gravitated toward because of all these social um, influences and um, and cultural influences on why you are where you are right now. So opening little salvo, don't sweat it. Wherever you are right now, we can get you fixed, unstuck, and back on a creative path. And when I say creativity, I mean creativity in all senses of the word. Creativity with a small c, like art and design and any individual product or practice or um, program or project that you're working on. And I also mean creativity with a capital C, which is the, the concept of creating everything in your life. You are a creative force. So I want to start off the next little, um, 
segment of today's broadcast with a reading. And if you um, paid attention to the class page, what we wanted to talk about today uh, is just the first two, they're sort of pre-chapters. It's called Read This First and Introduction. If you don't have the book or you haven't read these two things, it's only 19 pages. I don't want you to worry about it. Um, if you have read them, then you are aware that we're just really setting up the problem and helping us understand where we're going to go over the course of the next uh, six weeks and in turn uh, the arc of the book. It is a process. It is a four-step process that will get you unstuck, get you on the right path and unlock uh, your creativity and by extension your human potential. So um, – I'm also, if you're tuning in right now, I would love to make this interactive before I start this read and let me know where you're tuning in from. Um, I will be taking questions. I'll pause at a couple moments and then we'll really attack questions at the end of sort of my, my presentation. But just as a heartbeat check, I would love to know, love to see where you're coming in from. And as you're listening to the program and to the reading and some of the exercises that I want to share some of the questions, I do want you to respond. This is meant to be interactive. Um, and for those of you who are asking, I can see some questions. Yes, I will be having some guests, maybe even you later on in the six week process. So, um, if you want some one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, this is the place we will do it and we will learn by example, because what we find in creativity as in so many other things is, there's only a handful of problems. We're stuck for a handful of reasons and I've narrowed those down and a problem that someone in, um, you know, in Western France has is probably the same problem that you may be having there in New Jersey or in Sacramento or wherever you're listening to. So we are all in this together and we can learn. I love seeing Alberta, Canada, James in Victoria, Lester in Mississippi, Richmond, Virginia, Andy. Um, I want to know where you're at, Andy. Um, Helen Reed, nice to see you. Loka is in Kuwait, Pakistan, Northern California. Thank you so much. Um, we truly have a worldwide audience, and that is part of what makes this broadcast and this community so special. All right. I want to begin uh, the actual lesson here with a reading, and it goes a little bit like this. Ask yourself, is the way you're working working? Is the way you're living working? This is a book about creativity, but in a larger sense, it's about life and how you live it. It's not just about starting a creative practice or becoming a better designer, writer, photographer, or entrepreneur, although this book will supercharge all of those skills. This is about living a richer, deeper, more rewarding life than ever before. Embracing creativity in your life is like that moment when Dorothy steps out of her black and white Kansas house into blazing technicolor munchkin land. <laughs> um, I, I've had a lot of people ask me about that line and this idea of creativity providing vibrancy, not just to the project that you're working on, but to the entire scope of your life is a very, very meaningful takeaway. And it's a great reminder as we start this journey together how important it is. So many of us in our early years were taught that creativity is art. Well, remember that art is just a subset of creativity. It's a great subset. It's a great manifestation of creativity. But 
creativity, as I mentioned earlier, with a capital C, that's what we are really on a journey to discover. Uh, and we're going to get to the three steps, the three main pillars of the book in just a second. But I wanted to ask a question now, and I would love to see in the comments if you are willing to type a few keystrokes here. What is it you're seeking? If you listen to that read, is the way you're working working? Is the way you're living working? And the next line that I didn't read is you're, you picked up this book for a reason and I want you or in, by extension, you're in this class for a reason. So I want to know what is it that you are seeking? Put that in the comments right now. I'll see those as you um, as you share it. But it's a very fundamental yet super um, easy question to gloss over because so many of us, we want creativity because it sounds good or we want creativity because it's something we lost. I don't care what it is. I just want you to be really specific. That way, if I know what you're here seeking, I can better deliver that result over the course of the next six weeks. And together, again, I believe that all the answers, you know, the last, I would say, 25 years of my life are embedded in the book. But I'm going to help you float up the, the answers to your biggest questions um, so that we can actually address what it is you're seeking. Now, Many of you uh, tuned into my conversation yesterday with Angela Duckworth, who wrote the book Grit. Um, she's a psychologist and who, she's done a ton of research around the qualities that people who create success for themselves have. And the number one thread that she found through all that wasn't about background or socioeconomic status or whether their parents were creative or not, or their parents were entrepreneurs or whether they said nice things or poor things as a kid. It was about one quality called grit, and that's a combination of passion and perseverance. Now, the perseverance part, it turns out, is huge. But what my takeaway from Angela's con or my conversation with Angela was this, that the more specific you can be about what it is you're seeking, the more likely you are going to be able to unlock it. So that is why I wanted to, to open the conversation today with you being really clear. And I asked you to bring a notebook and paper and, you know, maybe you're on the bus or commuting or, you know, maybe you're holed up and you don't have access to a notebook. Um, that's fine. But I want you to, to note in whatever way you can, ideally in a journal, it doesn't have to be perfect. Write down 10 things you might be seeking, peace of mind, uh, better sleep, um, a next chapter in my career. You want to get your first novel done. I just want you to be very aware of this because the best outcomes in life are created. Now that is a thing also that so many people, you know, we even have a, a, a common parlance in English is, oh, did he or she or they find success? Success isn't found, success is created. So I'm asking you to be specific. And again, I'm seeing the chat room light up, light up right here and um, I appreciate Laura, Lauren says she struggled making photography financially successful. She let go of it because of that and stopped shooting. Um, Jody loves to write and promised herself that at 18 that she would write a book. 20 years later, she's written a lot of words but not a book. Um, these are classic examples of us putting off our dreams and letting culture – go back to my opening story with Miss Kelly in my second grade – letting culture tell us – why creativity is or isn't valuable or that our goals are or aren't reasonable or unreasonable. 
you know, Alicia says, I'm working a digital agency, but still growing creativity inside herself so she can be the best version of herself. To me, this is a really important moment for us to understand why we're here. So in order to tackle topic one, whatever you wrote down and, you know, feel free to keep taking notes there. And this isn't, you don't just have the, uh, two minutes to write down everything and, and to lock it in over the course of the next week um, before we go into the first part of the book. Um, feel free to uh, um, adapt and change and tweak over the next week what it is that you're actually seeking um, because it's with time and with a lot of energy that you come to truly understand this stuff. So don't feel too much pressure to get it all down right now and move on. But let's say you've got something, some some idea, and I want you to get more specific over time, but if you've got some idea that you wrote down in your notebook there or scribbled it on the notebook of your mind, I think that's a really key point that you have to understand three things if you believe that you can deliver on what it is that you're seeking. One, that we're all creative. Every single person who's tuning in here, I know for a fact, having surveyed thousands of people in the Creative Life program and stood up in front of, you know, audiences as large as 10,000 in stadiums and asked people to put their hand up who identify as creators. And it's shockingly low. So, of course, since you're here, most of you have bought the book uh, or are subscribed to Creative Live. So I think you probably identify as creators, but it's my hope that there are a bunch of people who maybe don't and they're here, <laughs> they're tucked away in a closet in their house with headphones on watching right now to be a part of the community. I call these people creative curious and you're welcome here too. You don't have to have this big identity or a cape that says I'm a super creator. Wherever you are on the spectrum, that's where you are. But the number one thing that you have to believe in order to make that thing that you're seeking that we just talked about come true is that you have to identify as a creator. You have to say that I create my future, that I have agency over my life. So, you know, the, the, the lightweight proof that we are all creative can be seen in so many ways. All, you know, I, I say regularly, and you've probably heard me say this, just walk into any first grade classroom and say, who wants to come up to the front of the room and draw me a picture? How many hands go up? Every hand goes up. So just that little empirical example that we've all experienced, or you watch a child play with the toys, or you watch, I mean, it's obvious how creative we are. And yet we often sort of ignore that. So if you can, however, acknowledge that you're creative, that's the first step in being able to identify and connect with what it is you're seeking. The second is that you have to believe that creativity is a muscle. It is a muscle and like any other muscle, you have to use it in order to gain strength. Maya Angelou said it best, creativity is an infinite resource. The more you use, the more you have. So if you believe one, that everyone's creative and I think that's self-evident. If you believe thing two, that creativity is a muscle like anything else, any other habit in the world, any other process that you go through, the more you do it, the better you get. Uh, I, I don't think this is a stretch. And then thing three is that you it's it's through doing small creative acts, being aware of your creative faculties and identifying as a creator. Again, knowing that you are creative, 
It's in creating in small daily ways through a project, through a meal, through just knowing that right now, for example, we're co-creating this experience. You could ask a question, I could answer it, and it could completely change the trajectory of our program today. We're co-creating this. So if you, if you understand and believe that you can create in small daily ways, that you have agency over that, that this is the mechanism for changing your life, for creating the next chapter, the next product, the next project. Ultimately, we want to all be in control of our lives. We want to write our own script. And we know that if we wait around for other, for uh, a script to be written for us, people will gladly write it. And that's what you see with your career counselors and your parents and your friends who are all eager to give you advice on what you should do with this one precious life. But you are in charge of creating it. And it's only through creating in small ways that you understand that you can create your life with the capital L. It's just creativity at a different scale. So quick recap. One, you have to identify your creative. Two, creativity is a muscle. Three, it's by creating a creative habit, by creating in small ways regularly, every day, ideally. It's in doing that that you realize that you can architect the arc of your life. Now, in order to facilitate that, um, I'm going to pause right now and see if there are any questions about this. Um, I want to go into what we're going to talk about over the next uh, five weeks after today, this framework that I developed, if you're familiar with the book, The Idea Framework. But before we do, I want to uh, see if there are some questions and say thank you so much for participating. There's, uh, I think more than 2000 of you tuned in registered for the class. And I know we're broadcasting on a couple of other platforms like Facebook and, and YouTube live. So, um, give us a shout out here. I'm looking at some comments. Malvis 100 wants more creativity in his or their life. Um, Mervin says he's seeking to make a living while doing what he loves in a country that makes it hard. Uh, to do it full time as a creative. I understand we're going to fix and find and put a path together for you to achieve those things, Mervin, just so you know. Um, all right. So let's see any other questions. I'm going to click over to my, uh, it's so fun to be doing this all, uh, again, super small team at creative live broadcasting this. I want to give a shout out to Nasa and Adam and the team for, um, pulling this together. I think we got Joe and a handful of others operating the, the broadcast booth. Um, checking into chat here, Jane used to be more creative than you are now. How does one narrow down the focus when you have so many ideas? We're going to get to that. Gautam says, yo, <laughs> Mel, how do you continue the joy in your creativity without making it into a job? I think this is fascinating and I'm going to get to a little piece of that in a second, which is a, a way to, um, understand what part, uh, what, what kind of a creator you are. Um, it's really helpful. Uh, that's in this first section of the book. Um, Matt Queen, what's up, Matt? Nice to see you. Um, Fergus is seeking creative courage. Oh, another chap or uh, sometimes I know a few females, uh, named Chase. So he, she, or they named Chase. What's the thing that you do every day that's pushed me to another level? All right, these are all questions that we will get to specifically at the end of the broadcast, but it's good to know what you're thinking about. Um, Caitlin, yep, everything seems to be working from the team's perspective. I just had them check in, um, but you can go to creativelive.com slash TV or 
the Facebook page if for some reason your your feed is interrupted. Um, okay, so uh, let me shift gears here and introduce the framework. Now, this is a framework that I developed um, over the course of identifying all my biggest successes and my biggest failures. And uh, it's also something I understood after having people like Sir Richard Branson, Brene Brown, Arian Huffington, Arlen Hamilton, um, Tim Ferriss, Gary V, um, Angela Duckworth, for example, um, on the Creative Life platform or on my personal podcast, deconstructing their successes and failures as well. I I was able to understand that there is a process that is that that we all run, and it it's it became clear through my research that the times that we created the success that we sought, a certain set of, um, of conditions were in play. And by contrast, when we whiffed or dropped the ball or missed the mark, that some element of this process, the idea process that I, I wrote about in creative calling, uh, was absent. And so that is a way that helps me then this through research understand that this is, it is a creative process for any project that you have, whether it's a presentation at work um, or in, in the case of uh, the student who's tuned in today who was wanting to write a book. Um, this is the process that you need to go through and it's called IDEA, I-D-E-A. It's an acronym and it stands for these four things. First, imagine what it is you want. And when I say imagine, I do not mean what your parents told you, what your career counselor told you, um, what your spouse or your partner told you um, was possible. I want you to imagine that if you could, you know, snap your fingers and have it appear before you out of thin air, that's the kind of imagination that I would love to have you have you um, enable and unlock through this process. First step is imagine what you want. Again, whether it's a project at work, whether it's that novel, or imagine what you want for your life. The second step, the D in idea, is great. We know what we want. Now we're going to design a system for doing that. And what is a you know what is what do I mean by designing a system? Usually, it's just a system of behaviors that line up with the goals that we have. This was really clear in the research, really clear in my own experience. If I don't have a clear goal and I don't have a plan to get there, it's very, very hard for one to arrive where they want to be. So we're gonna design a system, sorry, we're gonna design a framework for you to achieve the thing that you imagined under the I. So imagine D is for design. E, we're gonna execute against that plan. And this is the the tough part that most people get stuck around um, executing this vision because they get tired or they get distracted or they've got a mortgage and there's all kinds of excuses and reasons that we, we share for not, um, completing this vision. But I just have to remind you, we have one precious life, one go. And how important should it be for you to maximize and fulfill that in a way that, that lifts you up and brings you joy. You've seen people and you have felt what it feels like that is available to you, but you have to execute. I, D, E for execute. And the last one is amplify, A. Now, if you're familiar with the book right now, you may be saying, yeah, yeah, this is, um, this is old hat, Chase. Read the book, maybe read it twice, listened to it on audio. Um, and 
I appreciate the setup, but when we're going to get to the meat, I'm here to tell you that this is the meat. How many free throws has Michael Jordan shot, right? That the meat, that's the fundamentals. And I'm betting that right now you have, there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be. And that's the reason you tuned in and you've read the book. You said, yeah, great. I got the system, Chase, but are you implementing it? All right. I would say that you are, you're just not aware of it. And one of the reasons I know you're kind of implementing it is because you're here. And when I say here, this means you're a part of this community today. What we're doing together right this minute is being a part of a community. And that is key to that last stage, the A in amplify. Amplify is a, is a signifier for community. We need to amplify our ideas, amplify the way we see the world, map that way, map that vision out onto the world and get feedback from the world, get um, connect with others so that they can help us in this journey to create whatever it is that we imagined back in the first step. So again, I-D-E-A. Now, if you are just, if you're saying, okay, I get this, but I'm stuck, I'm banking, I'm banking that you're stuck in one of two ways. I'm banking that you are stuck because you are in one of two camps. A, you are in the camp of imagining something and then, okay, I'm, I'm going to make a plan and you buy a bunch of supplies and then comes time for the executing and then you go back to another dream, a different dream, slightly different. That means you need to buy a different camera or you need to buy some more supplies or you need to de design a different set of goals. And then as soon as it gets time to do it, you're okay. So you're just stuck in this ID, ID, ID. What does that feel like? That is, you know, ideating and designing a plan without executing is not going to get you anywhere, right? This is what part of us makes part, what is a large part that makes many of us feel stuck. Let's go to the other side of the coin, which is someone might be executing like crazy, but if you haven't said where you wanna go, if you haven't imagined what's possible with this one precious life or with this project, and you haven't designed a plan, and you're just fizzing, you're, you're busy, but you're not getting anywhere, you're, you're not alone. I mean, the, the, the way I like to think about it is being busy isn't a virtue. It's a sign of a lack of direction, right? It's not clear priorities. A hamster on a wheel is busy, but if you haven't done the first two steps, like ideating and then or imagining and then designing uh, a plan, and you're executing, you're just doing stuff to make you feel good because you can chalk it up as like, oh, I'm taking pictures. Great, but you know, if you want to be a pro, like someone in the comments who was just talking about, I want to make a living. Have you taken the next several steps in that process, like getting a business license, like trying to understand who your customer is, trying to get your images in front of those customers, right? That's all, that is like so key to becoming a photographer that most people ignore and they'll just be busy. So if you're in this concept of executing either just randomly or maybe you work at a company, you're executing other people's ideas, you're helping them manifest their vision rather than you manifest yours. That's another really, really, and even you, you might even be amplifying it, right? You might be doing the A step, but what is needed and where most people fall short is this whole system, the, the fact of just walking through these four steps. That's why they're called steps in the book because you need to do step one, then step two, then step three, and then step four. 
Now, of course, you're going to retrace your steps back to um, areas when you get stuck or you need more clarity. And that's natural, right? Not everything is a linear um, up into the right graph that we would like. But I just I want you to understand how critical the idea framework is. This is where I mean, as a creator, you're not when you identify as a creator, you're no longer just this cork bobbing in the tide. You're you have agency over your life. You recognize it. And, and you know, recognizing our problems or where we're stuck, that's half of the problem. You know, many of you um, are aware of meditation or mindfulness. What that is, that's the act of watching thoughts go by and acknowledging them and then letting them go on by. That's the same thing that I want you to do with acknowledging you're stuck. Let's not Let's not over-index on it and go down the rabbit hole of how stuck or broken or tired or screwed up or bad you are. And let's just acknowledge that we're stuck and then get back to the, to the creating part, the creating the solution, which is why I think you're here. This is, again, your, your sort of basis for personal power. I like to think of it as uh, having two jobs in this world, right? Job one is to find out what you're supposed to be doing with this one precious life and then to do that thing. And the biggest lie, the huge lie that so many of us accept is that this process of going after what we want is too risky, is maybe selfish or unwise. And I've always understood that, not always, I have come to understand rather the value of creativity. If you look around you like, okay, Let's see, how about the people who I respect and admire, whether it's my neighbor or someone on the internet or Chase Jarvis or Richard Branson or Arlen Hamilton. That was designed, they followed this process and the reason that you respect, appreciate, admire, look up to them, probably some subset of that is their values but also what they've done with this one precious life. Not what they've thought, not when they've sat on the couch and thought about how great their life or the life that they can provide for others would be because they've done something, right? And you have to understand that those people, whether or not they manage through the trauma, the hardships, the, the, the tough part that you find yourself in right now or not, doesn't matter. What matters is this idea that you matter and that what it is that you want to do with this one precious life, that should be paramount. And right now you're saying, I've got kids, I've got a mortgage. These are, these are totally common. I completely understand them. What I'm here to tell you today is that you do not have to sacrifice those things in order to create the living and the life that you want for yourself. That is a myth that those things are separate or divergent. But you do have to develop some skills, some some communication skills, some awareness, again, just awareness of where you're in the process, that the situation that you're in is not serving you and that you can change it. Remember, you need to believe that your situation is changeable. Now, it's it's also never clear to me what people who say that, oh, you shouldn't be a fill in the blank, whether it's a novelist or a photographer or an entrepreneur or whatever it is that you want to be a mom, that what you're supposed to be instead of those things, like somehow being a, um, a doctor or a lawyer, or these are things that are commonly programmed, at least in the U S as sort of success. It's never clear what you're supposed to do. 
um, besides the thing that you want to do. And people say, oh, no, no, you wouldn't dare do that because and they give you a long list. Read this toxic myth of the starving artist that's completely gotten in our culture and it's super toxic. And what we're going to do is we're going to clean that up. Um, so also being able to call out where you're stuck or why or where in that process you might be falling down. It's also important to identify how you see yourself. Do you see yourself? Um, what page is that? I think that is, um, let me just get a second here. It's page 15 in the book. Um, I do not know, unfortunately what it is in, in a Kindle. Um, but there's just four bullet bullets uh, around ambitious pro, stuck creator, developing hobbyist, or creative curious. Uh, the ambitious pro is someone who identifies as a serious creator, even if your work isn't the primary source of your income. A stuck creator is you want to make work, but you're not getting anywhere. You're open to creative awakening, but you're unsure how to light the fire. Developing hobbyist is you're content with sticking with that day job that pays for your creative passions, but you want to get better. You want to increase your skills and the creative curious is you do not think of yourself as a creative, but part of you wants to explore this idea. Now, one of the reasons I like, this is another thing you can be taking notes on, um, in your notebook as you're following along is I think it's important in the same breath as I mentioned earlier about being aware of something as part of the solution. Um, just being real with, with, how you see yourself is an important part of the process. Um, what are your special gifts? I think this is a really neat thing. You know, part of the challenge with creative calling is I'm trying to solve for two things in the book. And the two things that I'm trying to solve for are both how to live your dreams and then how to identify what those dreams are. And I found in so many other books about creativity or about a life well lived, you get either one or the other. And so, you know, essentially this is sort of two books in one. Um, and I, I think understanding there's so many people I saw in the comments yesterday when I was with Angela Duckworth that so many people are like, I don't know how to identify the thing that I'm supposed to be doing, but I don't like what I'm doing right now. Um, one of the ways that I like to attack that problem for those of you who have it is what are you good at? What do you enjoy? And you should be making a list. Again, you don't have to do all the list making and all the scribbling in your notebook right now. It, it may be helpful or it may be distracting, but I invite you to go back to it as soon as you can, which is what are you good at? And if you're not sure what you're good at, ask some friends, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself stuck right now and I want to do things that I'm good at. And I'm not quite sure. What do you think I'm good at? These are great questions to invoke for, for, um, for partners and friends and spouses and, uh, and, and peers, uh, people you work with workmates, um, and this overlapping Venn diagram of what's, what you're really good at and what you care about. This is sort of the passion part of Angela Duckworth's work. Um, that tends to be a good place to start. What are you curious about? If you look back in your history, what lit you up? At what time did you feel great? Because we've, that's the cool thing about life is that we've all found glimpses of what it feels like to be living in authenticity, to be doing what we're supposed to be doing with the people that we want. And if you look back and look at those, even if it was just a, a season in your life or a summer or one particular job that you feel this fondness towards, that is a great place to start to explore. 
And for those of you who don't know what your thing is, I encourage you to taste and sample a lot of things. And you can't sample from sitting on the couch, right? You can't sample in your mind. You have to actually go do the thing. And the cool thing about creativity in this process is that while even if you turn your back on something in three months, three weeks, six weeks, whatever, no effort is ever wasted. That was valuable. You learned something. You learned a skill. You learned something about yourself that you can always use going forward. So skip the idea or refuse the idea that time has been wasted. If you remember my story at all from the book or anything you found online, I pursued the things that everybody else wanted for me um, from that second grade moment through graduating from college. And I was, you know, even into graduate school, honestly, I was a hundred thousand dollars in debt, a hundred grand. And I had felt that, oh my gosh, now when I've suddenly awoke to this, the trauma of doing everything that everybody else wanted rather than the thing that I wanted. And I was a hundred grand in debt and I felt 10 or 12 or 15 years off that I'd lit those years on fire. To this day, I still realize that that was part of my process and something I had to go through. So if you are a person who is stuck or you're creative curious, for example, and you don't know, don't sweat it, but you have to start experimenting. And for those of you who know what you want to do, you know how you see yourself. Maybe it's an ambitious pro or you're stuck. Understanding that you're stuck and then accepting that there's creativity within you and these are the things, the following things on the list, the things that we're going to do over the course of the next six weeks that you want to change. That is going to be key. And so is honesty right now. If you're worried that someone's going to read your notes and your partner or your spouse, uh, you might have a really secure job as, uh, um, I don't know, in banking or in an office job that is not going to go away in this time. And the last thing you want to do is take a risk. I understand that, but this is part of when I say we've lost our ability to imagine the first step that we're going to cover next week is you have to be able to be real with yourself. And that's why just jotting notes vigorously, asking others and really doing an internal search is so, so valuable. All right. So we're 40 minutes into the conversation here. Um, I wanted to press pause for just a second and look back into the comments and answer a few questions um, before we go to the, where I'm going to answer like 30 or 40 in a row. Um, I just want to check in and see how y'all are doing. Um, Caitlin, you've been worried about people finding your notes and that you, what you really want to be. You're not alone. Don't worry about it. Chris, uh, I'm excited that you're looking forward to it. Um, so many great comments. Um, Nicole, Isabella, Alicia, Drew, nice to see you in here, Drew. Um, we got a, um, a question came in from IG live, Jen one again, silly question, but what if you like doing so much stuff, you can see yourself doing multiple things. How do you narrow it down? Okay. This is one question I'm going to talk about right now before we go back and finish out the program and get into the official Q and a, because I think what, um, what Jen one again on IG is asking is very important that we feel that when we choose something, we turn our back on so many other things and you want to keep all doors open infinity, right? Now, when I just say that there's an obvious problem and everyone here knows it, and that's part of the paradox, right? 
is that the understanding that when you walk through a door, you've turned your back on so many others. Here's what I'd say to that. Every person that you respect, admire, look up to, appreciate for being great at something, even if that something is being a great parent or being a great supporter or being a great entrepreneur, artist, photographer, designer, whatever it is, the reason that you respect them is because they have gone deep on that thing. It is a primary focus of their effort and attention. One of the reasons I love um, mindfulness so much, and if many of you know that my wife Kate is a mindfulness teacher, mindfulness just has to do with where you pay attention. What are you thinking? What's the mindset that you're operating in? And where does your attention go? Because if you cannot control your attention, you are almost by definition a cork in the tide. Attention, whether it's to your kid or your profession or your family or some derivation of all those things, is the most important thing. It's the most precious thing that we have. Ultimately, it's a lot like time, right? You can't get it back. If you spent 10 hours thinking about that one comment that you read on your YouTube video, then that attention was on something that was doing you harm versus where you want to go and what you want to do with this one creative, precious life that you got. And in order to beat that, in order to move forward, you have to start committing to those things. And here's the, the refreshing part is what you, un, what you experience when you commit to something is a feeling of instead of pushing rocks uphill, the world starts to happen for you rather than to you. And I know it sounds counterintuitive, but this anxiety that you're having right now, trying to hold all these balls up in the air at the same time, I want to be a musician and a singer and a documentary filmmaker. Great. What is your primary area of focus? And maybe that's again, that Venn diagram, you've asked your friends and peers what it is that you're great at, but that you have to love it. This is a common theme over and over and over in the top performers in the world that they get the most juice. And one of the reasons that they are world-class is because they have a disproportionate energy for the thing. So what's counterintuitive again, is when you commit to something, you start to see the merits of commitment. And the way I talk about it in the book much later on is in the form of mastery. Once you've mastered something, what you've developed in addition to that mastery is the awareness of what it feels like to be a master in a domain. You look, you can look at the ingredients and realize that you can lift and stamp so many of those ingredients that you created through pursuing something with vigor and focus, then you can easily explore other things. Look at someone like Tim Ferriss. You know, he's a, was a world-class, um, I think, salsa or tango champion. Uh, obviously, he wrote the book on the four-hour body on fitness and wellness and understanding our ability to control you know, how our body functions and what it looks like and how well it works. Um, you've seen him be a five-time number one New York Times bestselling author. You've seen him make a TV show. You've His podcast is one of the top 10 in the world. These are different skills that he's lifting and stamping mastery onto. So if you're, if you're hamstrung by wanting to do so many things, this is the hard part. You have to pick something and it's in choosing that one thing. You don't only have to ever do that. 
but it's in choosing something that you know, what is the most absurd thing? What is the thing that, you know, even it might sound crazy to say it out loud, but this is truly the thing that you want to be known for, that you want to know yourself as, that you want to have your identity connected to. In choosing that thing, you will find this power, this pull. The will starts working for you rather than um, against you. The, the tractor beam starts pulling you toward the thing. And I can't tell you what this feeling's like. I, I, I do know that you felt it at some point where everything, the moon was in line with Venus, as they say. Um, okay, awesome. Now, I, I think I want to just appreciate Jen for asking that question. One of the reasons I took that of the hundreds that I see here coming in is because it's a powerful and common one. Um, all right, I'm going to extract for a second, fly back up to 30,000 feet and talk a little bit about what we've covered so far is the way you're working, working. I want you to identify in your journal, in your notes, what is it that you're seeking? And it can be a list of 10 things, but I want you to start to refine those things over time and focus on them. And we're going to set some specific goals. I want you to remember that we're all born creative, that creativity is a muscle and it's through creating a creative habit, a daily habit in small ways, cooking dinner, going home a certain new way every time you commute, all these different little creative acts. It's through doing those that you recognize and understand that you can create your life arc, arc, um, we covered what we're going to cover in the next five weeks, the idea framework. Each session that we're going to get together and cover is going to be one of those things. So we're going to work at what does it mean to imagine something. This is a, a skill that we've lost. Same with D, E, and A. We recognize that your job is to find out what your, your gifts are and then bring them to bear. That's on page 17. And we've acknowledged where we, we are, where we're stuck. We've agreed that we can look out and understand who we are, where on the spectrum we fit and what it is that we need to do to get unstuck. And so I want to, um, I want to do two things now. One, I want to, I want to bridge the gap to our next, um, a next discussion by reading a piece of the book. It's just a short, it's like two paragraphs. Um, it's on page 38, so you can go there. Um, and then I'm going to share some reminders and then take Q and a, and you know, we're 50 minutes in, I promise to keep this 30 to 60 minutes. So the program will end for sure by 60 minutes, but I'll probably answer some questions a little bit longer than that. Cause I know there's so many of you and I can see them coming up and I, I think that that's where a ton of value is in showing up as a community member. So we're going to get to that in just a second, but for now I'm going to read from page 38, which is, you will know is in the next section that we're going to talk about. And it is this. Let's see. It's time to start the gears turning and roll the possibilities around in your mind. Anything is possible. Anything. Blacksmithing, ceramics, composing music, dancing, fiber crafts, filmmaking, flower arranging, gardening, glass blowing, jewelry making, joke writing, leather craft, coding, painting, paper crafts, photography, playing an instrument, singing, or starting a business. It's making a habit of these things that matters most. So the question isn't, where am I going to end up? The question is, where am I going to start? And that's what we're going to cover next week. Now, before we go to next week and before we go to questions, I'm going to take a second to say that if you do not have the book, again, 
no problem, not required. Hopefully, again, that's one of the reasons I'm doing the readings um, is so that you don't have to buy the book. Um, that said, the book is <laughs> today's the last 24 hours. I, I got the publisher to extend it to a second week that ends today. Um, the book is $2.99 in the U.S. at the Amazon store, at Amazon, Apple, BNN, and all that. Now, this is, that's for the ebook, Kindle or whatnot. Um, $2.99. And by extension, the hardback is $14.49. That's below 50% of the price. And the $2.99 thing, that's like what 90% off or something. So um, that was something that I shared earlier this week. And as soon as COVID hit, um, I worked with my agent who's amazing. I want to say thank you, Steve, um, to work with, with the publisher and the retailers to make this possible because I know money's tight for so many people. So again, it's absolutely free. This class is, but having the book and being able to refer to it often, again, this is sort of mentorship at scale right here, which is the reason I wrote the book. Um, so it's available for $2 and 99 cents. The last today is the last day that that's going to happen. So I've got confirmation that it's going to end. I think midtime, midnight Eastern, maybe midnight. Uh, I hope, I hope. Um, all right. So that's the thing. Um, it'd be great if you read the material in section one in step one under imagination. It's three chapters. It's maybe seventy-five pages or something like that. Between now and the next time, not required, but valuable. I'm actually rereading the book in the same way that you are. So um, we're in this together. Um, uh, a third thing that I want you to, to uh, remember before we go into questions, where I'll be taking your questions for the next 20, 30 minutes or so, maybe not that long, 20 minutes, um, is that um, some of you are aware that if, if you bought the book, I sent you my phone number so that we could have a text relationship. And I know many of you think I'm crazy and, um, it is true that my inbox looks like a pile of hangers. It's just crazy. Um, so many of you in there in, in my text, um, but it's worth it to me. I love having individual conversations and I can also do group texts. So, um, I'm going to give you my phone number right now and, uh, invite you to text. Now it's a, it's a app that we've set up such that if you text me, I think there's a, you have to text this number, a message, and then you might get an auto reply. I don't remember what the actual, uh, sign up is, but then, you know, it's just exact. I'll, I'll show you what it looks like right here. Mm, there you go. <laughs> um, boom. And just looks exactly like the texting app. And if you'll see all the, <laughs> there's lots of people in here, um, seeing some messages come in right this minute. Somebody's got a birthday today. Um, who's got that birthday? I don't want to go into that. Anyway, I'm going to invite you to text me. Are you ready? 206-309-5177. One more time. 206-309-5177. That is a support group for doing what you want to be doing in this class. Okay. So I'd invite you to text me. You may get an automated text that says you're into it, but then it's, it's actually me. Tick, 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 tick. So knowing that there are a lot of folks in there, be patient, but I see everything and I will respond in the best way that I can. So, um, another piece of housekeeping before we shift into questions is, um, and I'm really happy for those of you that stuck around as part of the broadcast where I could share my phone number. Um, 
So a lot of this is this weekly Saturday gathering 30 to 60 minutes, but it's also, I'm going to be doing some cool challenges as a part of this process. And I'm going to be doing that on my Insta. So I want you to, um, turn notifications on, on Instagram, or if you're not following me there, I'm just at Chase Jarvis. Um, I'm guessing most of you are following me there of the couple thousand people that are enrolled here. Um, but turn notifications on because I'm going to do challenges, uh, I think Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, and it's going to be valuable to this process. And then we're going to talk about this stuff on Saturday, um, as well as go over the reading. Um, lastly, invite friends. It's not too late to join this. Um, it's my hope that you can step in at any point in this process and there'll be enough recap and this support group here combined with the book. Um, of course, I'll need to do the reading for past chapters, things we've already covered. But um, if you find value in this, um, there's no shame. There's actually a, a great opportunity for human connection, for kindness, for um, just for vulnerability in inviting your friends. Say, I'm doing this class and and I just, again, it's free. We at Creative Live have spent our life building this and thinking about it. Um, and so I want as many people to experience this as possible. And then, um, oh, one, one ask, this is an ask that, um, it, I don't want it to understand, don't, I don't want you to understand that it's self-serving. I think in the same way that getting as many people to understand this material as possible. I mean, I wrote this because this is the process that I went through for unlocking my potential in my life. And just so happens that when I deconstructed the lives of my friends who were the most successful in so many disciplines, they had the same experience. That's why I wrote the book. Um, but so as not to be self-serving and to frame it as such, my hope is that you can write a review on Amazon if you've read the book. Um, I'm learning from my publisher and agent that that's a really important place. And we've got, I don't know, a few hundred um, five-star reviews, but I would love to have at the end of this process um, 500 to 1,000. It would be amazing. Let's let's target 1,000. Um, so if you've read the book and haven't left a uh, review, it would mean the world to me. And, um, I read every single one of them and, um, that's how we can help spread this word. Apparently that really helps the algorithm for search and whatnot. When people type in creativity, uh, I want to thank you all for making the book number one this week, um, in a couple different categories, I think in creativity and in culture and workplace, um, that's because of you. And that's exactly what I mean when, when I'm asking for your contribution and support. Um, okay. So here we are at the Q and a part of the program and it's my goal. Um, I promised to be, we'd go 30 to 60 minutes. We're at 58 minutes. Um, so if you want to bounce now, it's, it's fine. I'm not going to hold that against you, but I do find that the questions that people ask are really, really insightful and that there's um, really key buckets of questions that if someone again in New Jersey asks that, that you in, um, in South Africa may have the same question. So, Oh, apparently my camera exposure just went off. Is that, is that happening? <laughs> I'm getting a note from someone I will try and, um, where's my Skype feed? Oh, look at that. It's getting bright because it's getting brighter out here. It was a gnarly thunderstorm. How's that? Oh yeah. Oof. There we go. Coming back into, there we go. Actual skin. <laughs> um, sorry about that. We had a crazy, it was almost jet black sky, big thunder showers before we started here. So that's why it was blown out. 
Um, so questions now, Isabella is writing in from Instagram. Do we have to choose again? I'm, I love drawing and painting and making decoupage. And do I really have to narrow down to be crystal clear? You do not have to narrow down. If you are unsure what it is you want to do, you should be in an experimentation phase. You should be trying, tasting lots of different things of life. If you're unsure of what it is that you want to do, sampling and tasting and experimenting, that is in fact the only way you understand what lights you up. But if you want to be world-class at something, you want to make your living in life doing that thing, you need to commit. And it doesn't mean turn everything out. Like as an example, I am a photographer. I am an entrepreneur. We're all many things. I think many of you know me as a photographer. Uh, many of you know me as an entrepreneur because of building best camera app and creative live where, you know, tens of millions of things that tens of millions of people use. Ask me if I do other things. I'm in the middle of remodeling a little beach cabin that we have with my own bare hands and it feels so good. That's what I'm doing between the hours of seven and midnight and 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. So that's not to say I can't do that because I'm focused on being an entrepreneur and building creative life into the best thing it can be and, and you know, honing my skills as a creator. But I doubled down and tripled down. I've spent tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of hours around photography and entrepreneurship. So that is part of what really unlocks my ability to do lots of things. And again, I'm revisiting Isabella's question because it's a lot like Gen 1 again's question is like commitment. If you are unsure, you should be tasting lots of things. If you want to be world-class, you have to commit. You have to commit attention. You have to commit time. You have to commit effort. Okay. Um, on Facebook, Ray Mongelli says, where does talent fit into the equation? Um, talent is an interesting um, point. And certainly we have aptitude for various different things, um, whether we learn that very, very, very young, um, whether genetically, um, or otherwise we had a predisposition. Um, I want to hearken, I've mentioned it a couple times. It's really fresh in my mind. Um, the, the work of Angela Duckworth, she has studied from a psychology perspective, the role of talent. And she first became aware of this in, um, as a math teacher, I think she was teaching seventh grade or something like that, a middle school math teacher maybe high school sophomore. Um, and early on there was people that she identified that had high aptitude for math. And then there were people that she was worried about. And she was quite sure that the people who had high aptitude were going to do the best at the end of the school year. And the people who didn't have high aptitude were going to do the worst and nothing could be further from the truth. Yes, it's true that people who, some people who did have high aptitude were great. And some people who did not have aptitude in her assessment, um, certainly did not do well. But she was most surprised by how wrong she was and the role that effort played and focus played relative to natural gifts. So um, that and that is that's science. And if you're curious, again, what I'm referencing, the book is Grit from Angela Duckworth. You can read a lot about her online, too. Lots of great videos. And you should definitely watch on Creative Life TV, my conversation with her yesterday. 
super insightful on the topic. So talent plays a role, but I have met so many people and just think of what a cliche it is that he, she, or they had so much talent, but didn't really end up making it. That is like the common story, right? What we really need to focus on and celebrate is someone deciding what it is they want to do with this one precious life and going after it because the people that you are celebrating right now in your mind and your heart in your world, they worked their asses off and it was available to them to do so. Now it's fair to acknowledge that we are in a, um, place of privilege. All of us have relative privilege, even just the fact that we're tuned into this broadcast and there are, you know, a billion people without access to the internet. There's a billion people who don't have access to clean drinking water and we should dedicate time and resources into fixing, say both those problems. And there's a, a thousand others, but right now you're here, you're tuned into this thing. And I'm guessing that if you are able to watch this broadcast, that you have much more control over your outcomes and who you want to be, what you want to become than you think. And sure, there's probably a gap between where you are and where you want to be. And that might be 10,000 hours away. And so for so many people that's frustrating, I want to give you a different lens on it. And it's that you might be 10,000 hours away, but you're only one decision. And that is the decision to try. That's the decision to try. And it does not have very much to do with talent. It has way more to do. The science is super clear that it's effort, application of effort and perseverance over time, right? Application of a ton of effort in one weekend and not becoming the musician that Lady Gaga is, is lunacy, right? It's crazy making to think that you're going to, you know, that your piano skills are going to be as good as hers or your singing skills or songwriting skills or whatever in a weekend when she's been doing it for 25 years. And we often compare ourselves to those people. It's the wrong thing. Application of effort over time. All right. Good question there, Ray. Thank you for tuning in. Um, oh, my mother-in-law Linda just chimed in and said, Hey, there's a lot of pages and blank spaces in the book, which are great to journal in. So you don't have to actually go buy a journal. Um, my, my mother-in-law Linda is right. Um, there's a lot of space in the book for making notes. Um, so no need to buy your special journal. Um, I'm going to go to the, let's go to YouTube for just a second. Uh, oh, thank you, Chris, for buying the book. Appreciate it. Brandon, aloha from Cleveland, Ohio. Just rewatch your creative live for the book and ready to start the book. I'm sick and tired of what, working at a construction job, ready to become an artist. Love that. I want you to remind, to remind you that we are all artists, right? And the canvas is our life. That is the definition of creativity that we need to engage with. Not creativity, small C with popsicle sticks and pipe cleaners and glitter. Although any form of art is fantastic. And just remember though, those three key principles, you're a creator, creativity is a muscle, and it's through creating in small ways that you realize that you can create the life you want. Uh, Terry Pruitt wants to know when designing your system, how do you do that? If you have a tendency to need external accountability, how, wait, you to need X. Oh, how, and then she asks, how do you find the internal accountability? Well, I'm here to say that this is the reason we're doing this thing. And this is the reason that it's six weeks. If you show up every week for six weeks, I guarantee you're going to be further along than if you hadn't. So 
make the commitment right now to show up every Saturday for six weeks and think about that as making a promise to yourself and then keeping that promise. That's one of the reasons I make my bed every day. That's one of the reasons that I do not think about whether I want to get in the cold water. You guys know I'm a cold plunger. Um, I don't think about it every day. I just do it. I just get in the cold plunge at my house or here at the beach, the cold, icy, freezing cold water. Or if I'm on the road, I take a cold shower. I don't think about it. I've just made the commitment. I know it's a healthy thing for me. I know how it makes me feel and I just do it. This is about making a habit and a habit, even the habit of internal accountability can, um, can be developed. Also, there are thousands of people in this broadcast and these people are like you. So reach out to some of these people, go to Facebook and YouTube and message some of these people and see if you can create an accountability framework, accountability buddy with someone else who's in there. So you know, throw your name down here if you want to, you know, be a part of this community where you can, um, you're willing to create partners just on your own. I'm not going to facilitate this stuff. So, um, again, don't worry about, um, what it looks like on the outside or that this might mean you're weak or this is, you know, we're all in this together. This is why we're doing this thing is to a community of creators. So Terry, Look for somebody in this broadcast to um, who's willing to to um, be your accountability buddy. External account, accountability is not, nothing wrong with that. And if you can't find someone in this broadcast, there are if you search uh, accountability buddy app, there are all kinds of platforms where you say what you're going to do, and then you've got an accountability buddy um, as a part of the app who'll just check in on you. So, um. That's a great question, Terry. Thank you so much for asking. Um, okay, the questions are moving a little too fast here. Um, brain's attention. Josh asks, when I start focusing on my work, I feel like it's better to block out social media and avoid comparing to others. At the same time, I feel like I'm ignoring my community. Aha. This is something we're going to get to in, in, uh, in the book, specifically around making time and space for productivity. Now, this as a concept isn't a productivity concept, but the act of being productive is very valuable towards pursuing your creative calling. Um, what I find, and again, I'll support this with science from Angela Duckworth, that 100% focus or as close to 100% focus in whatever, you know, whatever time chunk you can allocate is, the, is, a, is a common thread between the world's highest performers. It's wicked focus on whatever it is that you can do. So um, I like to time box things. And I think social media is something that we've all um, struggled with as a way like, especially when someone says, oh, I'm a photographer, therefore I need to spend five hours a day on Instagram. Not true. You need to spend 20 minutes a day on Instagram. And you need to start by posting something, not by scrolling create before you consume. And then you're free. Once you've created something and shared it with the world, that's let that be your license for, um, taking in the, the, the work of others as inspiration. Um, see what, you know, your peers are doing that's valuable, but time box it and do not let this idea of building community, um, get in the way of, you know, you defining what it is that you want, working on the skills that are necessary to get you there. 
this is a, a huge mistake. So um, I'm very, um, I would say, loud on the topic of building community. What I find, though, is that people misattribute building community for procrastination. So I do think it's a huge role, and we'll talk about it you know, in week five, part four of the book, Amplify, about how we build community. So stay tuned. Um, but just for now, I want you to know that you should time box that and it should be, um, it should not get in the way of all the other things, the making, the doing, the progress towards these goals that you have is way more important at this time than if it's an either or. Now, of course, this, what you're doing right now is building community, tuning in and asking a question. So I applaud and support you. I just want to make sure that you're not substituting working on your craft for Instagram, which is what most people do. Um, all right. Um, okay. This is interesting. Aman Batra says, I think I've repressed my creativity so much that nothing seems exciting anymore. I'm still looking for what will spark joy. Totally understandable. Here's the first thing I like to do. I like to look in my past. I like to recommend that others look in their past and what used to bring them joy. And was it a person, a group of people? Was it a mentality? Um, what was the environment like? And when you think about those things, it, you know, maybe it's nostalgia or maybe it's a longing for actually doing that thing. Now, a lot of people ask me that with photography. I'll use my own hard hitting real life example. Um, I have achieved every goal that I had in photography and so many more. And so as I look back on the just absolute fondness of my photography, do I still identify as a photographer? Absolutely. I take photographs every single day. My phone has right now, let's look at this for a second. My photos, how many? 49,807, 49,811. And that little, that little gap in my reading, it was because it was updated from yesterday. So I took approximately hundred photographs yesterday. So I still identify as a photographer. I look back and I'm like, but it doesn't bring me the same joy that it did. When I think about what we're doing right now, the thousands of people are going to be unlocked and be able to achieve their dreams because of a program that, you know, yours truly and the people at creative live are putting on right now in order to help you that totally fires me up that doesn't mean i'm not good at photography i've been world class for decades that doesn't mean that i don't have an interest in working on this again the remodel that i'm doing right now with my bare hands and my off hours passionate about that i want to then look back like when did i get all this joy what sparked me what lit me up and if i don't know where to start that's a great place also, if you missed earlier in the broadcast, asking other people what you're great at and they will tell you, um, you know, not just external validation, but just a, that other person that you know and trust might have some good ideas. So um, this is going to be a huge topic for next week for imagination, imagining what's possible and not by def not as defined by your parents, your friends, your spouse, your peers, your partners, your career counselor as defined by you. This idea that you are driving is super critical. Um, let's see. Um, on Facebook, 
um, who's this? This is Anis. Um, I don't know how to choose what I should be doing. I'm an art director, but my passion is photography. I don't make enough money with photography, so I'm always going back to art direction to pay my bills. How can I end the cycle? Okay, many of you who are subscribed to my YouTube channel have uh, seen this episode of The Daily Creative. I've taken a couple questions there, and uh, I'm going to probably use a few too many words to describe this. Um, but I'll try and do it in as few as possible. And it is this idea of how to transition from one thing to another in career is very valuable. There's a mentality that says, burn the boats. You burn the boats, you have to figure it out. Don't make another dollar as an art director and you're going to figure out how to become a photographer. Um, at some point I do advocate that leap because there's a desire to hang on at the end. However, I'm not a person that wants to start there because of, um, so much of social conditioning, uh, there's a bunch of other stuff. I don't, I don't feel like we have time to cover right now, but what I encourage people to do is you have to draw a line in the sand with respect to how you position yourself and starting to position yourself as a photographer is really important. And if I go to your website Anise, I want you to have a photography website. This is your website. I do not want you to say, you can hire me for an art director as a photographer, as a designer, or as a plumber, or as a hair hairstylist. Or you see, like when I look at a website of someone who does everything, it's sort of like showing up at a restaurant that serves tacos and pizza and um, stir fry noodles. You're like, hmm, I'm not quite sure that's where I want to get my food from. And in the same way, I don't think that clients like to hire that. So I want you to take and if a job comes in as an art direction, absolutely make as much money as you can and constrain the amount of time that you spend doing that and that you spend marketing that and positioning that and spend as much time calling yourself a photographer, building your website, your portfolio, your client list as you can. That's not to say that you won't make money if someone asks you to art direct a job, just try and constrain the amount of time and effort. That is the number one thing that will get you better and more well-known and get your business off the ground time and commitment to the new thing so again i'm not saying if someone calls and says i want to give you 10 grand to do this art direction job you don't say you know buzz off dude i'm not doing that anymore you say okay because i know that's money i can put in the bank i can do that in a small amount of time with a little effort because i'm world class at that thing but i really want to spend as much time as i can marketing, promoting, honing my skills, dialing in my craft and landing clients in the new world. And think about how you landed clients as an art director. There's probably some liftable and stampable ways that you can, can generate clients in the photography world as well. I want you to apply those. And, um, if you search my name and that topic in YouTube, you'll get, uh, about a 10 or 20 minute video that I made with, a as a part of my um, daily creative series that, uh, you can get more on it, but Anise, I hope that helps. Um, again, so many people I'm going to, we're going to go for just another, let's say 10 minutes here. Um, you get, you get your work through recruiters. She says, that's fine. Great. Uh, don't tell them that you're not an art director anymore, but spend as much time as you can taking pictures when the art direction jobs come in, do them but spend every other waking moment focused on the thing that you want to do. You're welcome. Anise. she's shouting out a thank you. Mm. Um, this is interesting. Jamie says I'm an addict in long-term recovery. 
Um, you love understanding, focusing on mental health, addiction, trauma, the pathology and the biology behind it. How can you use your creative skills to build a tribe in this area? Well, I do not know, Jamie, what your area of expertise is. If it is in the area of trauma and you want to help others, I think it's a, a fantastic way to you need to you need to develop a craft around talking about it, educating it, whether that's the written word um, or others. Um, I will use an example of a friend of mine, Mary Angela Abeo. Um, she lost her brother to suicide. And so one of the things that she did is start started a I talk about this in the book um, and you can see it on Instagram. She started an Instagram handle and an art project called Faces of Fortitude, where she started through photographing people who were the survivors, um, were in a relationship or close to, uh, others who had committed suicide, she captured their visually and their stories and shared it on Instagram. So she's increasingly dialogue, the awareness of suicide and doing so in an area where she's an expert as a photographer. And just so you know, if you ask her, if she was here standing next to me, she would say, I was not an expert in photography prior to starting this. She used the Creative Life Studios on the weekends and because she was a, she worked at Creative Life for a long time before she moved on to do this, um, to, to this project. And that was a way in to the area that she wanted to work on. Right. And she didn't, it was a little, a combination of photography and writing and it was in an area of passion. I talk about this a lot in creative calling in, in the amplify section and building communities. Um, if you haven't read the book again, it's $2.99 right now on Amazon. If you're in the U S um, we talk about the different types of communities and you can be a joiner. You can be along for the ride for someone else for a while before you actually start building your own framework. But it's in through participating in these things that you'll actually start to uncover what it is that you want to do through experimenting and participating. And so I invite you to, um, again, go to the fourth section of the book, be sure to be a part of this six week series that we're in here. Um, check out faces of fortitude and look at ways that you might, um, be able to intertwine the passion that you have for mental health and recovering from addiction around your creative expression, whether it's a business, an art project, uh, there's so many ways to, um, to slice and dice your passion. Um, I want you to come along for the ride, read section four of the book for sure. Um, and check out these resources that I've just shared. Um, awesome. Let's see, I'm getting some notes from my team here. Um, Grady, um, started a subreddit for anyone who wants to connect in around this forum. Uh, thanks Grady Lawler. Really appreciate you. Um, for anyone who's a, a Redditor, um, speaking of getting unstuck and community, I created a fresh subreddit community for all of us to connect, to get unstuck and keep, keep each other accountable as creatives. Let's make this happen. Family go here to creative calling, here, I'll just, uh, let's see if actually, why don't you, Nasi, you want to paste that in the comments in as many different places as you can, that, that, uh, subreddit. Thanks Grady for starting that really, really awesome. I appreciate you. That's just another example, right? This is why you showed up today. It's not just to hear from me. It's to realize a, that you're not alone. B that there's so many other people that you can be your, your, um, support. 
And when we are all in this together, again, rising tide floats all the boats. Um, and I, I want to draw special attention to the fact that it is a tough time right now, right? And many of us, myself included, need connection now more than ever. That's certainly one of the reasons that I wanted, I wanted to do something to have an effect on the struggles that people are happening amidst the pandemic. Now, my belief is this, this works in a pandemic or out of a pandemic. Um, but it was something that I decided that, that me and the creative life team could do, um, in order to add value. Um, so, um, check out that subreddit. Thanks, Grady. Um, just love seeing all your notes from Facebook and YouTube and the creativelive.com slash TV page. Um, Josh and Aman and Grady and Rob and Nojan and Terry and Jagota and Camera View and BB. Sorry, it's going so fast. I almost can't read it. But um, E.L. Brunkart says, I'm a photographer. This is my first challenge to say it. Always learning to approve. Um, many of you know this story, but some of you don't. I made up business cards for myself long before I'd ever made a dollar as a photographer. And it said Chase Jarvis photographer on it. And I made that card mostly to help myself swallow the idea of calling myself a photographer. I printed it. I put it on paper. I carried it around for months before I showed it to anybody. And so I want to say congratulations on EL to EL Brunkart for calling yourself a photographer. That's a first challenge that you've overcome. I love seeing it. Um, Soma said she didn't see the subreddit info. Um, maybe someone on the team here. Nasa, if you could post that in, uh, or maybe Kate Dessa, you can post that in um, the Facebook. That's where some of these folks, like Soma, for example, um, some folks are posting on Twitter. Thank you very much. Um, hmm. All right. Uh, another comment here. I'm going to go for five more minutes. We're going to wrap up at 1130. So TB Ostrowski says COVID-19 in isolation has proven to grow. You've, you've proven growth with your creator pass. It's educational and inspiring. I fully recommend it. Thank you. I, I thought you were going to have a question rather than a comment. I hope that didn't seem too self-serving, but uh, for what it's worth, we are doing a ton at Creative Live and the Creator Pass. I think it's right now $149. Maybe it's $249, but I think it's $149 um, for access to 2,000 classes, y'all. Like serious business. So, um, and if you don't have that much and you can afford $2.99, the ebook is on sale there. And again, uh, that's primarily us for those of you who are international. Um, it was just hard to work with international retailers on adjusting the price. A publisher only has so much impact. Those are their own subsidiaries. So it was a little bit harder. Um, let's see a couple more questions here in the four minutes we have left. Trenda wants to know what if you're an introvert and not comfortable talking about yourself? Um, the future favors the introverts. Don't worry about it. Um, that's not to say that you don't have to develop a skill of communicating about your work because the number of people who believe that the work should stand for itself is far too many. And the reality is you can ask anyone who's created success for themselves that they had to learn how to talk about their work. Um, this idea of just putting it out there and, and letting it uh, do its thing is just fiction. And you can ask, you know, extroverted creators, introverted creators, many of the world's top 
um, who fall in both camps and they all agree that you have to actually invoke community. That's what chapter or section four of this um, is going to be five weeks from now, four weeks from now, rather. Um, but I want you to rest assured that it's a skill that you can develop. And the only way you develop it is through practicing. That's one of the reasons I love sharing the work so much, not just creating it. But if you can have, create a habit of sharing, of creating and sharing, that's one of the ways that you learn how the market sees your work, learn how community sees your work, a uh, place for feedback and constructive conversation. Um, and it's the act of talking about your work, both as receiving feedback and about sharing what your vision is that you develop it. So community is key. Um, practice is the answer that most people don't like to hear starts with sharing and this community is going to be really good for you. Um, oh, it's still $2.99 Canadian TB or Strowski says that's cool. Um, Grady Lawler says the creative pass is insanely worth it. Um, thank you. Um, Magritte Heistad Carter, I may have pronounced that wrong. Sorry. Um, in order to make a living, I need to sell three paintings a month. How do I start really believing that this is possible? Ooh, I love this one. Um, if you don't believe in you, who will? Now, I understand that we've all got all kinds of baggage. We've got trauma. We've got the stories that we tell ourselves. That's one of the reasons that I think this book, this community, this class, and Creative Live are totally helpful for reprogramming your brain. You have some default neural networks going on that are, you're telling yourself a story and you even admitted it. Like, how do, how do I start really believing it's true? And I just respond, if you don't believe in you, who will? Okay. This is a mindset. It's an opportunity to cultivate your mindset. Um, I, I cover a lot of mindset in the book. We're going to cover a lot of the mindset conversations, um, in this course. Um, it does have to do with rewiring it with, with, um, creating positive messages for yourself with vision boards and stories, retelling ourselves stories that have hurt us in the past into making them into new stories that support the vision that we have for this one precious life. Community is also super key. If you're around toxic people, people who don't share that vision that you have for yourself, you need to find some new friends. It's that simple. And if you can't talk to someone about how you see yourself or how you want to see yourself, then there's nothing wrong with some therapy. There's nothing wrong with practicing and in everything, every time you, the first time you started to walk, you fell down. The first time you played the piano, it sucked. The first time, the first draft you wrote of your poem or your book or your essay sucked. So don't expect this to go to be easy, but I have to tell you it's worth the journey. It's the most important thing. Mindset is so foundational to everything that we do, whether you're, uh, again, um, a creator, an entrepreneur, you don't identify it, you do. If you are here to architect this one precious life, then um, it starts with mindset and come along on this journey with us. We're here for you and with you. Um, Max wants to know, why does the future favor introverts? I just think the there's a lot of, um, I like underdogs and I think um, underdogs. And in this case, um, we've, we've had an extroverted culture for so long um, that introverts are often overlooked. And so that there's a, a little bit of an opportunity to, catch people flat-footed. Um, 
And when I say the future favors the introverts, I think that's, um, you know, it used to be about glad handing and it's all who, you know, and now gatekeepers are largely removed. And so in a world where historically gatekeepers favored extroverts because it was a largely physical and gate kept world, you know, there were gallerists deciding who hung on the gallery walls and, and, editors deciding who got in the magazines and the papers. And since those are largely gone now, or since the barriers are lowered, it opens up a new playing field. And and so that's why I think the future has an opportunity for the introverts that is, is unlike any before it. So, um, all right, y'all, um, Jamie and Marcella and Anise and Linda and Chase, not me, Chase, different Chase. Um, TB and Rob and Max and Jamie, Tony, um, I want to say thank you so much for joining. Um, this is going to conclude today's broadcast. Again, I'm going to revisit the things that I asked just really quickly. Um, prepare for next week's read by reading um, the first step of the three steps under the idea framework. Everything under imaginations at chapter one, two, and three. Um, two. I'm inviting you to text me, become a member of the community that I can text with in order to do that. Um, text 206-309-5177. That's it. Uh, I think you may get an automated message back, but then it's just going to be you and I texting. I would invite you to use that as a support group for what it is that we're doing here together. Um, turn on notifications for Insta because we're going to be doing some channels there or challenges. That's easy. Hit the three dots. Turn on notifications for my stories and my posts. Um, invite some friends. And lastly, if you're willing to take two minutes, uh, if any of this or anything I've done for you is valuable and you're willing to go to Amazon and write a review, it would be most gracious because it's one of the ways that we're learning that the algorithm will surface creative calling and help it stay in the number one slot as you all made it number one in a couple different categories this week, which warms my heart. Um, so if you've gotten any value, this is free. Maybe that's a, uh, uh, a thing that I could ask of you. All right, then signing off. So excited about this group, this platform, this uh, community. Um, if you have any questions, hit me up via text and signing off for now. I'll see you next Saturday, 10 a.m to discuss the I imagination. Uh, can't wait to see you again soon. Signing off. Hey, that was an awesome episode. But before you bounce, just I got three quick thoughts. First, thank you for being in this community. It gives me so much juice. I can't even tell you so much juice that when I hit publish and this show goes out into the ether, that there's an amazing community of like-minded people just like you consuming and sharing the show. So thank you. Second, it would be huge. It would mean the world to me if you left a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Now, we're regularly featured at the top slot there on Apple Podcast page and others in Spotify, etc. And that's because of your reviews. So if you've ever wanted to uh, lend a hand or you got some value from me in the past and you want to pay it forward, that would be amazing. And then lastly, it would also mean the world to me if you shared the content that you get here whether it's a screenshot or a photo of where you're listening, anything via Instagram stories um, or any other social feeds, tagging me and the guests. Now, I repost this content and your comments all the time, so I would love to share your shout outs in my feed too. 
Um, not only do these shoutouts uh, are, are they good for you and me, but they also help us book amazing guests because they see the reach that you cultivate. This is a way for you to help contribute to the show. So again, I want to say thanks. I'm just at Chase Jarvis. You can use at Creative Live as well. And the guests are easy to track down because they are, well, they're usually quite well-known people. Um, but again, thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to being in your ears again, hopefully tomorrow.